Hello, everyone, and welcome back to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Come to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John McTolly, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Garrett Jones. Garrett, how are you today? What up, party people? How you guys doing? Awesome, awesome. Well, we are back from our holiday break, and I know it's only been like, what, three, has it been three, two weeks or three weeks since our last? I don't know. At this point, it's all been running together as one big blur. <laughs> I know, I know. It seems, it's, it probably seems a lot longer than it has been. Um, and I have been chomping at the bit to talk some Star Wars and mainly to talk Bad Batch Season 2, Episodes yes. 1 and 2, finally dropped. And um, I I like them. I, I, I really like them. It was an interesting start because, like, the first season started off with kind of a bang. And this one, it's – I it almost feels like they're doing that slow build, kind of like what we saw in, in Andor, mm -hmm. but yeah. not as – slowly paced because well I mean, to me and one thing I, I want to do is go over like what we liked you know i don't want to say ups and downs because there's another channel that does ups and downs so i don't want to get in um but kind of go through you know talk about what we liked and what we didn't like um because there's a few things that i i won't say i did that not that i didn't like like it but there's a few things that i'm just kind of like eh. but we'll get to that later um I yeah. thought this is just a good reintroduction to the characters. I did like, too. That's what this episode was. It was like, it was like, and it didn't hit you over the head. You had characters that came in, like the um, the new the the new the new lady, um, that's going to be looks like she's going to be kind of working with them and giving them missions from now on. Um, mm -hmm. She kind of acted as that, saying like, "Oh yeah, these are rogue rogue clones that are on the run from the Empire." And that's really all all the backdrop ground you you needed because you should have already seen season one. So, but that was just kind of a refresher. Say like, okay, these are rogue clones or defective clones, and they're on the run for the empire. Um, it was just it was a good heist sh show too. Like, it was very much a heist. You know, them trying to steal, which again, as you said, reminiscent of Andor. Uh, that first yeah. part of the first half of that series where they're, where they're doing the heist and is very reminiscent of that. One of the things I liked about it is, is we get nods to ships that we've seen in other, other parts of the franchise. I mean, the, those mm -hmm. cargo haulers, the only other thing I've seen them in was rebels. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so we've got, we've got that in use, but we're also, the other thing I, I, I like about it is that we finally, to get one of our first real shots of Sereno as Dooku's mm. homeworld, yeah. And the fact that, like, I mean, he was he was a count. He was he was nobility. He he yeah. had some level of leadership amongst his own people, aside from being a former Jedi and a separatist leader. And, and they hinted at that. The, and they hinted at that. And one thing I think people always forget is I think people always assume that he went straight from being a Jedi to a Sith. And that uh, he left the Jedi to become a Sith, but no, he left the Jedi because his brother had died and he needed to take the responsibility of taking over the planet. 
So that's why he stepped, that was part of the reason why he stepped away from the Jedi was he needed to take the response, he took the role as leader of Sereno, as the Count of Sereno. Um, but still, yeah, it was really cool to see that and to see that at first shot when when they look over the over the um, the crest of the of the cliff and they're looking down at what's left of the city and Omega, you know, oh, asks yeah. what happened. And yeah, <laughs> or that yeah, that there is um, nothing left. Yeah. One of the things I really liked about episode one for this new season is the is the Mandalorian helmet sitting in uh, Sid's office. Did you notice mm-hmm. that? Yeah, I saw. It. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, it's a Mando helmet! Yay! Yeah. Yes, yeah. As yeah. if it, it's like Dave Filoni's little reminder of, hey, don't forget, in two months we've got Mando season three coming out, <laughs> which we will be reviewing, of course. Yes, we will. Um, I also like. Um, I, I'm digging older, older Omega. Yeah, I I'm digging the yeah you know, a little bit more, a little bit more mature. The hair is growing out a little bit, and she's doing more. She's definitely more. You can tell she's been training. Uh, it seems like she's a little bit more physical, able to you know keep up with them a little bit more. Um, but still got that. You know, you can. She's still a kid. You know, you can tell she's still right. got that. Um, she's in that tween period right now. So, yeah, and well, and the other, the other thing I like about it is the fact that they're giving her more to do. She's no longer just going to be that that uh, damsel in distress type character. She's mm-hmm. not just you know uh, getting you know she's not just getting into trouble like she was in the first season where she could, at this point she's had some training, she's had some experience. Uh, the batch is putting her through you know uh, studies so that she knows. What, yeah, which um, I like. I like that. I like you know showing her with the pad, studying the different types of you know mem- having you know have to memorize different types of ships, and go mm-hmm. through and do everything like that. Now, the one thing, and I'll get to my really my only thing that I had any issue with whatsoever, and that's the ba- that was the kind of the side story they had with her and Echo. And the idea of, you know, her overhearing that conversation of, of that and her feeling like, oh, I'm just bringing, you know, the team down. I'm, I'm a liability to the team. I, my thought was like, didn't we already solve this the last season? Didn't yeah, we already exactly. go through this whole thing last season? Like, that shouldn't be an issue. You know that this is a family, that they love you, that, you know, that yes, you know, you might technically be the reason they're on the run. But you know that this whole family, this whole family would would do anything for you and would do it all over again. And he even said he's like saving, you know, taking her off Camino was the right was the was the was the right idea. But we have to Absolutely. do more than just that. Yeah. So that right. was the and only I, thing that I thought kind of took me out of it was just this like, okay, we've been through this before. This should not yeah, be an issue felt- for Omega. It, it it really felt like it was man, it was put in there to manufacture some drama that was really unnecessary. I mean, yeah, she, yeah. At, at no point does she ever need to really prove herself to the team? I mean, she's already proven to have some level of strategy going on inside of her head. Uh, yeah. She was, you know, she's she's nimble. She's 
you know, she's a bit of a little warrior and I, I think that's fine. We don't need to have that manufactured drama going into play there. Uh, it felt really, really unnecessary for them to, yeah. to incorporate that. But yeah. I'm hoping that now that that's out of the way, we can, you know, the future episodes will not have that be such a fixed issue. You know, mm-hmm. we don't, we won't have to come back to it. Yeah. Yeah. Now who, who do you think was for, I mean, who would you say is like the standout character for these two episodes were? Um, Cause the I, first episode, the first episode, there wasn't really a standout character there, but there was two for me uh, with regards to uh, episode two. And mm-hmm. the first one was the uh, was the survivor character played by Hector Elizondo. I really yeah. like him uh, as. Oh, I mean, I like Hector Elizondo and just in general, he's good at playing either really wacky old guys or he's good at playing uh, the sage old guy or he's just good yeah. at. Pl- he can play a good villain too. I mean, yeah. um, he he's he's done a lot of different uh, work as an actor and. So the, the fact that he, you know, that they included him for this episode was great. Um, the other one is the is rear admiral, the, the rear admiral. Um, and I can't remember his name. I'm blanking on it. But yeah, the fact that he is so worried about Tarkin um, mm. finding out what's going on and, and the fact that, uh, you know, Clone Force 99 is still available or still alive uh you know I, I think that's interesting that he um that he uh goes out of his way to kill a clone trooper a clone commander by the way uh yeah. just to hide what's going on yeah yeah uh for me i was i really like that they gave tech a little bit more of a personality you know they actually showed what yeah. tech can do like they showed you know i think there's a couple times where they really showed just how smart tech was the fact that he was able to tell when they when they count when the um uh one of the one of the crates lands on him and breaks his hip, he's able to tell exactly immediately how much force was put on there, what was broken, and just like, okay, this guy is smart. Um yes. I I thought and, and you know, him being you know dealing with the fact that you know for for a while there he's you know he can't really do anything he can't you know he's kind of you know put up and i like the i like the interplay between him and the survivor character uh when they're when they're in their when they're in their when they're in the shed in the shed and he pulls out the uh um the cylinder with the with all the information from about his people that they'd saved there and you know he has to realize that you know he makes the thing like oh it's a separatist archive and he goes she he goes no it's a sereno archive we were a people before the war and he has to really he has to kind of come through this thing of like oh yeah yeah that's right you you were you were there yeah. was there was a planet here before there was a culture here before um yeah and i i really appreciate that the the, the I mean that's it's one of those things that you don't think about in a lot of war stories is that the you know the culture that has been impacted even if it's considered enemy territory 
you know, they existed prior to the war and there may be people living there who are not sympathizers on either side. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. Um, so, well, what else, what else do we, I, you know, one of the things I didn't care for was I, like the character that was brought in to provide the mission for, for, uh, the batch, uh, yeah. The the yeah. fact that they, the voice actor was Wanda Sykes, I'm not a fan of her, and so right. as soon as I heard her voice, like it immediately took me out of that suspension of disbelief, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh gosh, they brought in Wanda Sykes, and it just like there's something about her voice that's just really grating. I don't care for it, and yeah. it just I can't. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's just one of those casting choices that I'm like, okay. Okay, they did this. Uh, hopefully, we don't hear from this character a whole lot. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I that is probably one of my biggest my biggest uh, problems I have with that. Aside from the the manufactured drama with with Omega, yeah. um, but I will say this: the uh, the opening scene of episode one I thought was really fantastic. Um, just the, the color scheme of that island, whatever planet they're on, it the first thing that popped in my head is, oh my gosh, is this Scarif? Mm. Because it looked very similar to Scarif. The 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 sandbars, the, the the tropical beaches, the crystal clear water. That's the first thing that popped in my head. I'm like, this place is gorgeous. What are they you doing? Know what I, here? You know what I thought Raiders of the Lost Ark. Where Indy is running for, in the jungle, I think it's right. There's there's a scene, one of the Indy oh, movies yeah, yeah. Where, where he's where running into the jungle and he's got the natives. I I just that just popped my head. I was like, oh my gosh, that was Indiana Jones. That was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, he's running yes. in the jungle, being chased by the natives. Yes, with the plane like... waiting for them to take. And and just the same. Well, because uh, the the pilot in Raiders of the Lost Ark was fishing when Indy comes running out of the jungle, and what is Omega doing? She's fishing. Fishing, yeah. <laughs> and she's yeah. worried about reeling in the catch, and it turns out it's just one of those big crab things, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, spoiler people. alert for anyone watching, uh, listening to this who hasn't watched episode one. Uh, they're on this planet that r- vaguely reminds us of of, of Scarif. From yeah. Rogue by the one. way, spoiler alerts. Spoiler alerts. Yeah. Um. But the yeah, there's these. I, I don't know if they're sentient creatures or what, but they're these crab know. thing, and it's kind of hard to say. Like they responded like they're just animals, but they could have also easily have been uh, sentient creatures. Who knows? I mean, it's it's Star Wars. Anything could be a sentient creature at this point. We've we've had sentient spiders before, who are like admirals. Yes, yes, we have. I would not want to be serving on that ship because that would no. that the nope. No. Well, I would have expected to be that guy. He's a spider. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, no, I'm 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 liking what we're seeing so far. The animation is a little like you can see that there's a little bit of an upgrade in the details mm-hmm. of of the animation, um, and but it still has that same high quality that we've come to expect from first season from Clone Wars. And it, I mean, Dave Filoni is like, again, it's his writing, his producing, he can do no wrong. I was really enthusiastic about these yeah. two episodes. 
Um, my only problem was that I, I almost forgot that we were going to be covering these two episodes because like, because over the, over the course of the last couple of weeks during the holidays, like we had so many different things popping up on various streaming platforms that my mind was just like, I, I was trying to watch all these different things as they were coming out. And I almost completely forgot about Bad Batch until I turned on mm. Disney Plus the other day. I'm like, oh yeah, Bad Batch is going to be coming out this week. Bad Batch, yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say something. I forgot. I was going to say. Now I thought it was. I thought it was also interesting and a good move not to throw like characters like Crosshair in, and to get that you know to kind of leave him you know, um, yeah, for later uh, bring him back for a later episode to kind of find out you know where he's at and what's happened with him, and to kind of leave you know other than just kind of mentioning it in passing you know Hunter mentioning that. They're, they've been hiding from the Empire. They've been trying to keep low. Um, and I think one one thing that's kind of been a overall theme throughout any show that has taken place kind of in this basic timeline of before A New Hope, the kind of, the kind of between the end of the Clone Wars to the beginning of A New Hope is this idea of you can't hide from the empire. The empire is coming yeah. eventually because um, what's her name says it when she's talking to to the bat to the batch when it's like you know hey you know it's like you know what she's saying you know the money here could buy your freedom and I love that line when he when Hunter says we are free it's like that's cute that you think that yeah but and I it the empire is coming valid. here eventually yeah. Yeah, the, the yeah. and that's just it is that they like the like Hunter and 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 the rest of his team they are very they're very narrow sighted as far as the bigger mm-hmm. picture like they understand that the empire is taking over but they don't realize just how much it's taking over and so when yeah. they say yeah we're already free mm, no because you you uh, saw the shadow of the empire hanging over you yeah. uh, because pretty much every mission you're going to go on from this point out is going to be dealing with some incursion or some encounter with the empire and their forces. What, what yeah. boggles my mind is the fact that, you know, most of last season they were dealing with stormtroopers, people who were coming up to be, you know, you know, uh, regulars in the new army. Yeah. And this time they're dealing with other clone troopers. Yes. Yes. Yeah, which I thought that was, I mean, the fact, you know, you can see that also the fact that they always use the, the stun beam. Anytime they, they are, because they they don't want to kill their brothers. With the exception of Wrecker's, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, his, his uh, the cannon, uh, which cannon. that was. That yeah. was, that was like, that's another thing, because you were talking about tech, you know, getting a little bit more personality. We got a little bit more insight just in episode two about Wrecker, like. Wrecker always comes off as this big dumb guy, and I was thinking not, just that. Yeah, he's not. I mean, yeah, he's a brute. He likes to smash things, but like he's got a brain in there. He may not be oh, thinking yeah. quantum mechanics or anything like that, like Tech is, or and he may not be thinking encryption algorithms like Echo or you know strategy like like Hunter. But he is. He's smart. He's capable, and the fact that he jerry rigged a cannon out of a dead tank is mind-boggling like, yeah 
he just starts walloping people and he he takes this tank that's something that, that you know it should be a vehicle mount and he turns it into a portable heavy gun i'm just like what the heck i know right yeah well i mean if you, i mean they all had to be you know every one of them has to have some sort of you know has to have some sort of intelligence you know yeah to you know to be considered you know any you know any, especially for special for which that that's what they would have been considered with special forces yeah they were a special so, forces team yeah. they were just given all the suicide missions because yeah. they were defective um but what's going to be interesting though is I, like looking at how things played out with season one and how things are playing out with season two i have a sneaky suspicion that when we get when we get um Oh, Crosshair. you just you just said his name, not Crosshair. Hunter, the uh, the sniper, Crosshair. Crosshair. Once Crosshair. we get Crosshair back, yeah, once we get him back in in the the show, I feel like I feel like what's going to happen is he is going to be going head to head against Hunter. I think that's going to be like a personal fight for the two of them, because mm. like Hunter is the one leading the team. Uh, and so he's he's going to be like the number one target for Crosshair, and for Hunter, this is like you know this is his brother who betrayed him. Yeah, and not just because the, because he was programmed to, but because he chose to. And so mm. I, I think this is it's going to turn into something very very personal between the two of them. At least that's yeah. my prediction. I could be completely wrong on that, but I, I think that would be a very interesting fight because I think what's going to happen is Hunter's going to become the hunted um and cross and eventually it's going to come to the point where crosshair can't hide behind a scope and they're going to have to go head to head yeah they're going to have to uh face off against each other and that's going to be the real test because while while crosshair is just a sniper or typically he's a sniper he's also got the same hand-to-hand -hand combat training that that hunter does yeah. he's not he, you know he's not the brute he's not the the thinker He's not the 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 spy. He is he's a he's just as much of a fighter as Hunter. Yeah. Now, do you th do you suspect a an eventual um, turn for for Crosshair? Do you think we're going to get a redemption of Crosshair that he will he will he will see? Or do you think that I, would, that's know, something it, that could be like a last time, like a last thing, like? Like I could see him like the entire se entire series because I don't know how many seasons they're planning on doing this, but I could see that being like an ending thing where he sacrifices himself to save the to save his brothers, and that's kind of his redemption. Yeah. Where it's like a last minute thing that it builds. I could to see that maybe at the end of the series. But if, if if we're going beyond season two, I would say absolutely not. And, and here's why. With, I, I think it would be one, it would make it, it would cheapen what's going on between them, between the character dynamics. Mm -hmm. uh, two, it's a little cliche at this point. It would be better for them writing wise to turn it in, to turn into that skid. And just when you think there's hope, just when you think he's going to side with, the bad batch again, he's going to just turn on him. And it's going to, it's just going to twist that knife just a little bit more. Um, 
and mm-hmm. it's gonna he's gonna leave them a little bit more wounded, uh, maybe even physically wounded than he did the last yeah. time. Yeah. Um, and and for me as a writer, that that's something I would really like to see because like the the best character arcs are the ones where the writer doesn't give the audience or doesn't give the characters what they really want. Yeah. The Bad Batch just wants to be alone. They want to do their missions. They want to be able to survive. They want their brother back. But every mission that they go on is going to lead them closer and closer to that confrontation. And um, and to give them Crosshair back would, I think, would betray all the all the conflict that has been building. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Well... We are, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I'm super excited for episode three. Um, I am too. It's gonna can't be wait to talk about it. Oh, it's going to be so good. Uh, so, well, let's wrap up here. So, Garrett, why don't you tell the people out there where they can find you at? Well, you guys can find me at, uh, at GKJ underscore publishing on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I'm on there all the time. I'm posting new content. Uh, a lot of what I post is about uh, my YouTube channel, which is GKJ Publishing. I have a show there called The Right Way, where we talk uh, book recommendations, uh, author interviews, and writing tips. I'm doing a series right now in creative writing tips on world building. Um, and so there, there are some Star Wars references. In fact, all last season, I did a whole thing on uh, the hero's journey. And specifically, I used Star Wars as the uh, as the go-to example for that. Um, but... In the meantime, I have a big announcement, uh, if you don't mind, John. Uh, I am actually getting ready to release the fifth book in my fantasy series, The Archives of Async Ran. Uh, It's going to be coming out on February 3rd, which is the eighth anniversary of the release of my first book, The Heirs of Mennonias. So that'll go live on the 3rd, and uh, it'll be available on paperback and Kindle for uh, uh, on Amazon. So... I'm looking forward to having this out. The book is called The Mantle of the Fatherless. All right. Mantle of the Fatherless. We'll be looking forward to that. Uh, all right. Yeah. As for us, um, of course, if you want to get a hold of us, warthestars1 at gmail.com is our email address. Oh, there we go. Um, uh, that is the best way to get We're both trying to do it at the same time. Um, if you want to get a hold I'll of just us, do it. All right. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, Twitter, uh, same same handle at War of the Stars One. Check us out there. Uh, also, you can check out all the shows on the Red Five Network, redfivenetwork.com for all your uh, all the sh- uh, check out all the shows that are on the Red Five Network. Sorry, my brain just went blah blah blah. Uh, YouTube. We also have a YouTube channel. Remember, like and subscribe, and also. Check out me and my daughter's new uh, new podcast on YouTube, Star Wars Through the Eyes of a Child. We are going through the Star Wars Clone Wars in canological order. Uh, the first episode will be up here shortly, uh, probably tomorrow. I'll probably put out both episodes, both this, this episode and that episode, both tomorrow. Uh, check it out. I know it should be mean a great deal to her to check that out. Uh, we'll be checking out the Clone Wars movie next with that. Uh, if you want to support the show, 
patreon.com forward slash war of the stars. And of course, our Spreadshirt shop, spreadshirt.com forward slash shop forward slash war of the stars. And of course, you can check us out wherever fine podcasts are heard. If you want to listen to just the audio version, because I mean, I don't know why you want to look at these hands to handsome men, men here, but if you know, you're you're on a commute and you just want to listen to us, uh, you can find us wherever fine podcasts are heard. Just search War of the Stars and look for the War of the Stars symbol for our show there. Uh, that will do it for this week. So as always, remember, this isn't just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the Force be with you. This is the way.